हरे कृष्णा देवोटी दंडवत प्रणाम ऑल ग्लोरियस टू श्री लोकपाल गुरु महाराज टूडे वी आर सो फॉर्चुनेट टू हैव हर ग्रेस अमृतम माधवी माता जी फ्रॉम बेंगलुरु एंड टूडे माता जी विद लैटिनस ऑन श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर फोर वर्स फिफ्टी वन हरे कृष्णा माता जी दंडवत प्रणाम प्लीज टेक ओवर द कॉल दंडवत प्रणाम थैंक यू वेरी मच सो बिफोर वी स्टार्ट लेट्स प्रे नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तय मुदीर नष्टु अभद्रेशु निगवत सगवद्युतम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवि नैष्टिकीष्टादिष्ठादिष्ठाद ಶ್ರೀಮಚಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್ತಾಪ್
the sexual intercourse is not allowed by the Vedic principles. One may follow the natural tendency for sex life only to beget children. Therefore, the Lord told Daksha in this verse, the girl is offered to you only for sex life to beget children, not for any other purpose. She is very fertile and therefore you will be able to have as many children as you can beget. Srila Vishwanath Chakrat Thakura remarks in this connection that Daksha was given the facility for unlimited sexual intercourse. In Daksha's previous life, he was also known as Daksha. But in the course of performing sacrifices, he offended Lord Shiva. Thus his head was replaced with that of a goat. Then Daksha gave up his life because of his degraded condition. But because he maintained the same unlimited sexual desires, he underwent austerities by which he satisfied the Supreme Lord who then gave him unlimited potency for sexual intercourse. It should be noted that although such a facility for sexual intercourse is achieved by the grace of Supreme Personality of Godhead, this facility is not offered to advanced devotees who are free from material desires. In this connection, it may be noted that if American boys and girls engage in Krishna consciousness moment, want to advance in Krishna consciousness, to achieve the supreme benefit of loving service to the Lord, they should refrain from indulging in this facility for sex life. Therefore, we advise that one should at least refrain from illicit sex. Even if there are opportunities for sex life, one should voluntarily accept, accept the limitation of having sex only for progeny and not for any other purpose. Nardama Muni was also given the facility for sex life, but he had only a slight desire for it. Therefore, after begetting children in the womb of Devoti, Nardama Muni became completely renounced. The purport is that if one wants to return home back to Godhead, one should voluntarily refrain from sex life. Sex should be accepted only as much as needed, not unlimitedly. One should not think that Daksha received the favor of the Lord by receiving the facilities for unlimited sex. Later verses will reveal that Daksha again committed an offense, this time at the lotus feet of Narada. Therefore, although sex life is the topmost enjoyment in the material world, and although one may have an opportunity for sexual enjoyment, by the grace of the Lord, this entails a risk of committing offenses. Daksha was open to such offenses and therefore, strictly speaking, he was not actually favored by the Supreme Lord. One should not seek the favor of the Lord for unlimited potency in sex life. Oh my God! So this is a heavy purport for many people who are wanting sense gratification. I want to uh, quote based on Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1 and uh, chapter, I'm just checking, I noted down some points in my book. Um, it says very clearly, who can depend on the Lord? That is first Canto 13 chapter verses 27 and 28 purpose. Very clearly says, one who desires, in the purport, you see, Prabhupada writing, 1st Canto 13 chapter, verse 27, purport. 
one who desires material benefit by devotional activities can never depend on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Okay, at one place it says that. And then uh, in another place, in uh, 1st Canto 13 chapter verse 28, it says that, Bhagavad Gita 7 chapter verse 28 states that a person who is completely relieved of all taints of all sinful acts can alone depend on Supreme Personality of Godhead. It also says to become Narottama or a first class man being depending completely on Supreme Personality of Godhead is not possible for any ordinary man. So um, it is told clearly that Narottama in the first canto, third cha 13 chapter verses 26 to 28 purports, it says in a place uh, in the one of the purports that Narottama is a first class human. He depends on the Lord because he is free from desires for sense gratification and is free from even taints of sins. It is the point. So, who can be a Narottama? Who is free from desire for sense gratification? Who is free from taints of sin? Let me drink little water. Excuse me. Yeah. So, you see, um, it is very clear that if we are having interest in sense gratification, we cannot depend on the Lord. What is Krishna consciousness all about? Krishna consciousness is about, you know, remembering the Lord and depending on the Lord. A pure devotee is one who is always dependent on the Lord. You see, whether it's Vidura, whether it's Yudhishthira, all these devotees, you know, Mother Kunti, all of them, if you read the first canto, in many places you will see how they are dependent on the Lord. And Arjuna was not able to um, tolerate the, um, you know, separation from Krishna, you know. When he was asked, like, is uh, Krishna fine? You know, Yudhishthira Maharaj asked, is Krishna fine? Why are you looking so much low? Why your face is looking so much low, depressed? What happened? You know, then he, he is, you know, Krishna Mataji, uh, we cannot hear you. Anybody can hear Mataji? No, Mataji. Okay. I'll inform her.
Hare Krishna. So Mataji logged out. Uh, I've been trying to reach her, but I'm trying to contact Mataji and also Mataji's daughter's number I have. I'm trying to contact her also, uh, Bhakti, but uh, not able to contact any one of them. So let's just wait or chant and, you know, maybe Mataji will probably realize she's uh, logged out. 
सो माता जी शेल मतलब स्टॉप द रिकॉर्डिंग और नॉट Yeah, Madhuri, please recording, and then we can restart again if it doesn't affect the recording. Okay. I think. Yeah, sure, Madhuri. Yeah. Yeah, we will explain. Um, which means I um, all the explanation has got um, you know um, deleted. Yeah, got deleted. You all didn't hear. So I repeat it for you all. See, very simple. That Prabhupada says in first canto, twelfth chapter, sixth verse, purport. Difference between one in sense gratification and one who is liberated. When one is materially engrossed, he is satisfied only by sense gratification. But when one is liberated from the uh, three modes of nature, he is satisfied only by rendering loving service for the satisfaction of the Lord. Now, if we understand this much, that who is you know now are am I materially engrossed or am I liberated? How will we check? if we are satisfied only by sense gratification that means we are materially engrossed if we are satisfied only by rendering loving devotional service means we are free from three modes of nature we are liberated now what about those you know those who are probably somewhere in between you know so it depends means to what extent you know loving devotional service is giving you satisfaction if you find i think most of the devotees who are more than 10 years old now you know after um, living a uh, great uh, time of married life say two decades or things like that i'm sure most of you are really understanding that there's nothing in this material world and uh, any happiness you're getting is through this devotional service so if that much is clear then it will be very easy to um you know to have no inclination towards sex life unless our um, you know a spouse wants it you know uh, so it's very easy suppose if we are really interested only in doing devotional service that means it's very clear we have no interest in sex life no interest in sense gratification but what if someone is in between let me drink a bit of water so what if somebody is in between like hmm, they enjoy sense gratification but they enjoy devotional service also there are some people like that means they're not yet reached there so now for them um, you know so now if somebody is finding happiness only in doing loving service to the lord that to for the satisfaction of the lord then it's it's understood that they have no problem with sex life now this purport says that you know we should have sex life only for producing children not otherwise and if if american boys and girls who are into krishna consciousness if they are very eager for sex life then at least let them not go for illicit sex life this is what prapad is saying is if you want to have some unrestricted sex life then have it with your married partner not with others like that okay so now if that much permission is there people can be peaceful still now devotees can be peaceful that prapad only is saying let's see therefore we advise that one should at least refrain from illicit sex you see now very clearly prapad is saying at least you know see previously saying if the american boys and girls engage in krishna conscious movement want to advance in krishna consciousness to achieve supreme benefit of loving service to the lord they should refrain from indulging in this facility for sex life therefore we advise that one should at least refrain from illicit sex see 
if you want to advance, you should completely stop sex life. But at least you stop illicit sex, Prabhupada is saying. So, then he is saying, even if there are opportunities for sex life, one should voluntarily accept the limitation of having sex only for progeny, not for any other purpose. Actually, that is a condition that, you know, if you want to have sex life, it's only for producing children, not otherwise. But at least, Prabhupada is saying, at least refrain from having illicit sex. Means, uh, Prabhupada knows that, you know, even if Prabhupada says, don't have sex life, People may be, you know, new uh, in Krishna consciousness. They won't be able to practice that, especially newly, newly married people. We cannot uh, request them to do so, uh, especially uh, because, uh, um, uh, you know, the one of the partner may be having the need. So, so knowing that, you know, if one of them is not Krishna conscious and it's out of question that the other partner can practice sex life only for progeny. But if both are Krishna conscious and both are having a difficulty, both are having a need for sex life, then how can we overcome, you know? So, or if one of the devotee is uh, materialist, still, if one of them, one of the uh, spou spouse is a materialist, but one of them is a devotee, then how the devotee can come up to the standard, you know? Now, we can come up to the standard, but, you know, that uh, the thing is, we have to come up to the standard of... Um, having no taste for sex life. How it is possible? Very simple. We have to be liberated from the three modes of nature. You know, when we are liberated from the three modes of nature, Prabhupada says, first canto 12, chapter 6, verse purport, that when one is liberated from the material modes, he is satisfied only by rendering loving service for the satisfaction of the Lord. But how to be liberated from three modes of nature? Now, that's a difficult question. The answer is, if we engage our senses, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, in a, uh, on an hourly basis, more than daily. Daily means it means once a day. No, as many times a day. If we can engage as many senses in as much Krishna service as possible, then it is very much possible to um, soon head in the direction of self-realization. You know, um, Prabhupada says that by sincerely associating with the sadhu, like Vidura, you know, uh, Dhritarashtra, what happened to Dhritarashtra? Regularly hearing from a sadhu, Vidura, regularly hearing, he comes to the position of becoming a dhira who could give up all the family relationship and walk out of home. Which means Prabhupada says, you know, that if anybody, anybody like Dhritarashtra, you know, I'm a great materialist, envious person, if anyone is fortunate enough to hear from a pure devotee, you know, um, for whom uh, there is no other business other than serving Krishna to please Krishna. People like Vidura, means some pure devotees who have no other business other than pleasing Krishna. From such a soul, if we get to hear regularly, simply by regularly hearing, anybody can advance in the path of self-realization, Prabhupada says. So, that is the answer to this purport also. If we want to come out of desire for sex life, we have to regularly hear from pure devotees who have absolutely no desire for any kind of sense gratification. What to speak of sex life? Any kind of sense gratification, but they have only desire for pleasing Krishna. If that is the case, from such people, by daily hearing, daily hearing, and by daily trying to follow, we will soon 
get uh, out of the influence of three modes of nature and we will soon be developing interest to serve the Lord and that interest is soon going to take us to the level of surrender. These are all according to Prabhupada's purports of first canto around 13th, uh, 12th, 13th, 14th chapters if we see we get to know all these things. You know, so so this is the only way that, um, see here, way of selfless. That is, first canto, 13th chapter, verse number 15 says that, the message should be heard attentively. If spoken by a realized soul, then it will act on the dormant heart of conditioned soul. By continuously hearing, one can attain the perfect stage of self-realization. You see, Prabhupada says, first canto, 13th chapter, 15th verse, purport says that. And then, um, it says that, you know, um, how to stabilize renunciation based on frustrated life. Some people leave home, you know, do, just only because of frustration. When their frustration is gone, they may feel like coming back home. So for such people to not come back and to be stabilized in renunciation, what should they do? It's possible only by association of bona fide saints and self-realized souls by which one can be engaged in loving devotional service of the Lord, you see. It's only possible by taking association of bona fide souls, saints and self-realized souls. So, by doing all this, by taking association of pure devotees, we can be established in doing devotional service. And one who is established in doing devotional service, develops such a taste for it, that he surrenders to Krishna and he will not be disturbed by sex desire or any other sense gratificatory desires. Now, the next verse, um, first canto, oh, sorry, sixth canto, chapter 4, verse number 53. Now, sixth canto, chapter 4, Verse number 53, translation, Ayashila Prabhupada, Prabhupada. After you give birth to many hundreds and thousands of children, they will also be captivated by my illusory energy and will engage like you in sexual intercourse. But because of my mercy to you and them, they will also be able to give me presentations in devotion. Uh, by the way, this purport was explaining all about how our um, Daksha is going to enjoy sex life. You see, it says in the previous life, he was offender to Lord Shiva and his neck was cut and he was replaced with the goat head and he, he was, uh, you know, uh, feeling very much um, sad and unhappy and so he had... Uh, he he had ended his life before actually maturing, you know. So he, the desire for sex life, what he had in the past, that had continued in this life also. And in this life also he was named as Daksha. Because he had that desire, you see, when he did not curb the desire for sex life, how it continues. That is why whatever now we discussed from 1st Canto 13th chapter, that how we have to conquer the desire for sex life by taking association of great saintly sadhus who have no desire in sex life, who have desire only in spiritual life, in serving Krishna. We should take association of theirs and we should keep hearing from them on a regular basis. And that way we have to get purified and we should develop interest only for 
serving the Lord and that way we can come out of desire for sex life. But this Daksha had not done all that. So, uh, so he had um, his desires. That is why when he came with the desires, Lord mercifully fulfilled his desire for having unlimited sex life with this uh, girl as his wife. But, you know, Prabhupada says Daksha again, in the, in the last birth he committed an offense. In this life also he commits an offense against the lotus feet of Narada. And, you know, whatever happens that we will see it in the future where we see how he is um, offending Narada. Now, and then Prabhupada says, therefore, although in the previous verse, uh, although sex life is topmost enjoyment in material world, and although one may have opportunity for sexual enjoyment, by the grace of Lord, this entails a risk of committing offenses. So Prabhupada is warning like that. That's why it's very important to curb the desire for sex life in this lifetime. Those who are just married, we don't have to hurry and worry. Krishna will help. You know, if both are devotees, Krishna will help. So this particular next verse, that is the verse number 53, says, after, you know, after fulfilling his desire and having hundreds and thousands of children, uh, and his children also will have uh, the same desire and they too will produce so many children, then because of the mercy of the Lord, they will all be able to give presentations to Krishna in devotion. So this is what um, the Lord is saying. So then, Sri Shukavacha, this is there's no purpose for that. The Canto 6, Chapter 4, Text 54. Let's read before that I'll drink water. Canto 6, Chapter 4, Text 54. Sri Shukavacha, Itiuktwa, Misha Tastasya, Misha Tastasya, Bhagavan Vishwabhavanaha, Swapno Palab. Canto 6, Chapter 4, Text 54, Translation by Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Shukadeva Goswami continued. After the creator of the entire universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari had spoken in this way, in the presence of Prajapati Daksha, he immediately disappeared as if he were an object experienced in a dream. You see, the Lord came, he spoke so much, he gave him benedictions and he disappeared so quickly that it appeared like as if, did he see it in reality or was it just a dream? Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purports of 6th canto, 4th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled the Hamsa Guhya prayers offered to the Lord by Prajapati Daksha. So, uh, you have seen in so many days that Hamsa Guhya prayers, uh, which was uh, offered by Prajapati Daksha, you know, and what um, benedictions he got. You heard it all. And now we are moving to chapter 5. Um, there's a small introduction, and I'm going to read it for you now. One page introduction. Narada Muni cursed by Prajapati Daksha, you see. That only, you know, he's going to commit an offense due to the sex desire. The sex desire of sense gratification is so dangerous that it makes us stay in Rajaguna. And Rajaguna means immediate happiness and followed by misery. So, for our happiness, we do something nonsense and we pay for it. So, what happened? You know, what made uh, Daksha get this curse from Narada Muni? Let's read. This chapter relates how all the sons of Daksha were delivered 
from the clutches of the material energy by following the advice of Narada, who was therefore cursed by Daksha. Therefore cursed by Daksha. Narada Muni cursed by Daksha Prajapati. So that is how Daksha is cursing Narada Muni and he is becoming an offender, you see. Influenced by the external energy of Lord Vishnu, Prajapati Daksha begot 10,000 sons in the womb of his wife Panchajani. These sons, who were all of the same character and mentality, were known as Hariyashwas. Ordered by their father to create more and more population, the Hariyashwas went west to the place where river Sindhu, now the Indus, meets the Arabian Sea. In those days, this was the site of a holy lake named Narayana Saras, where there were many saintly persons. The Hariyashwas began practicing austerities, penances and meditation which are the engagements of a highly exalted renounced order of life. However, when Srila Narada Muni saw these boys engaged in such commendable austerities simply for material creation, he thought it better to release them from this tendency. Narada Muni described to the boys their ultimate goal of life and advised them not to become ordinary karmis to beget children. Thus all the sons of Daksha became enlightened and left never to return. Prajapati Daksha was very sad at the loss of his sons. He got 1000 more sons in the womb of his wife Panchajani and ordered them to increase progeny. These sons who were named as Shala Shavalaswas also engaged in worshipping Lord Vishnu to beget children. But Narada Muni convinced them to become mendicants and not beget children. Foiled twice in his attempts to increase population, Prajapati Daksha became most angry at Narada Muni and cursed him, saying that in the future there would he would not be able to stay anywhere since Narada Muni, um, being fully qualified, was fixed in tolerance. He accepted Daksha's curse. See, <laughs> See this uh, funny thing. Uh, uh, you will get to know the reasons as to why Narada Muni did it in future when the chapter proceeds. But the story is that Daksha begets um, thousands of children um, and uh, they go to do tapasya to get children. Narada Muni sees, oh, such sincere souls, they're doing such nice austerities. Simply for begetting children. Huh? So he just teaches them, you know, uh, to go back to Godhead, you know. And so they become so enlightened and they leave to never return back to Daksha. Then Prajapati Daksha was very sad at the loss of his sons. And so he gets begets 1,000 more sons in the womb of his wife and he orders them to create progeny. They are also, they're named Savalashwas. They also go to worship Lord Vishnu to beget children. But again Narada Muni convinces them also to become mendicants and not beget children. So two times when he failed in his attempt to increase population, Prajapati Daksha becomes very angry at Narada Muni. And he says that, you know, he curses him saying that he will not be able to stay anywhere. You know, because, because Narada Muni stayed, no, he could uh, preach to these children. So you should not be able to stay and so that you cannot preach to the next batch of children, you know, with that idea. So uh, since Narada Muni being fully qualified was fixed in, in tolerance, he accepts Daksha's curse actually. So you see how uh, actually Daksha ends offending 
Narada Muni. You know, he does not know why. What made Narada Muni actually, um, you know, preach like this to the sons? But he got angry. He didn't have patience. But Narada Muni had tolerance to tell, tolerate it. So now um, the details, like why Narada Muni did it. You know, if we have to know, we have to go through the um, uh, Kanto, the chapter Kanto six, chapter five, text one onwards. But um, there are only eight minutes left, so okay, I will read few verses because there is no purpose. Shri Shukavacha Tasyam Sapancha Janyam Vai Vishnu Mayo Pabrimhitaha Haryashwa Samhya Ayutam Putran Ajanaya Dvibhu. Translation Canto 6, Chapter 5, Text 1 by Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Shri Shukadeva Goswami said, continued. Impaired by the illusory energy of Lord Vishnu, Prajapati Daksha begot 10,000 sons in the womb of Panchajani, Ashikni. My dear king, those sons were called Hariyashwas. So, there's no purport, we continue. So, as you saw, as you heard before, that um, he begets 10,000 sons uh, called Hariyashwas. Then, Canto 6, Chapter 5, Text 2. Apritak Dharma Shilaste. Sarve Dakshayana Andrapa Pitra Prokta Prajasarge Pratichin Prayayurdisham. Translation by Srila Prabhupada. Yai Srila Prabhupada. Kento 6, Chapter 5, Text 2. Translation. My dear king, all the sons of Prajapati Daksha were alike in being very gentle and obedient to the orders of their father. When their father ordered them to beget children, they all went in the western direction. So what happens then? See, the children were so nice boys, nice children. So they simply to obey the order of the father, they went in the western direction. What happened next? Canto five, Canto six, chapter five, text three. Tatranarayana saras tirtam sindhu samudrayoho sangamo yatra samuhan munisiddha nishevitam. Translation: Canto six, chapter five, text three by Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. In the west, where the river Sindhu meets the sea, there is a great place of pilgrimage known as Narayana Saras. Many sages and other advanced in spiritual consciousness live there. Canto 6, chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Again, there is no purport for text 3. So, verses 4 and 5. Tad upasprish, tad upaspa, parshanad eva, vinirdhuta, malashayaha. Dharme parama hamsiecha rotpanna matayopyuta te pire tapaevogram pitradeshena yantritaha praja vivrudhi yatan devarshi stan dadarshaha. Translation Canto 6, Chapter 5, Verse number 5 and 6. In that holy place, the Hariyashwas began regularly touching the lake's waters and bathing in them. Gradually becoming very much purified, they became inclined towards the activities of Paramahamsas. Nevertheless, because their father had ordered them to increase the population, they performed severe austerities to fulfill his desires. One day when great sage Narada saw these boys performing such fine austerities to increase the population, Narada approached them. You see, these Hariyashwas were such a nice, gentle, obedient boys. They very sincerely did the devotional service of 
stay touching the lake's water what sindhu see narmade sindhu kaveri see these are all very very um, holy rivers you know um, so simply taking bath in them they got so much purified they were doing it with so much devotion to the lord vishnu so uh, everything they did was to please the lord right so that is why they got the qualities of paramahamsas paramahamsas don't have to come down to the level of having six of that so prabhupad said you see in canto 6 chapter 5 last but one verse i think the 50 52nd verse the prabhupada clearly said if somebody is really you know um really interested in um doing devotional service only you know see it's it told it it should be noted that all the such a facility for sexual intercourse is achieved by the grace of supreme personality of god this facility is not offered to advanced devotees who are free from material desires you see it is not offered to have sex life and having children is not needed if somebody is totally in a paramamsa stage not required that is why narada muni came see now we should understand it so because they were in the level of paramamsas so uh, you know uh, but still they were very obedient nobody told them that you can just go back to godhead for you there's no varnashram dharma they nobody told so narada muni comes in so that is why when they're so sincerely um, fulfilling their vows by severe austerities great sage narada saw these boys and he approached them then what happens verses 6 to 8 canto 6 chapter 5 verses 6 to 8 um does it have a purport yes one small purport and with that um we can end okay so uvach chata haryashwa katam srakshyatha vai praja adrishtvantam bhuvo yuyam palishabata palakaha tataika purusham rashtram bilam chadrishta nigramam bahu roopam striyam chapi Pumamsam pumshchalipatim nadim ubhayato vaham pancha panchadbhutam griham kvachiddham samchitrakatham kshaura pavyam svayam brami. So, Kant of 6, Chapter 5, Verses 6-8, Translation by Srila Prabhupada, Jai Srila Prabhupada. The great sage Narada said, My dear Haryashwas, you have not seen the extremities of the earth there's a kingdom where only one man lives and where there is a hole from which having entered no one emerges a woman there who is extremely unchaste adorns herself with various attractive dresses and the man who lives there is her husband in that kingdom there is a river flowing in both directions a wonderful home made of 25 elements a swan that vibrates various sounds and an automatically revolving object made of sharp razors and thunderbolts you have not seen all this and therefore you are inexperienced boys without advanced knowledge how then will you create progeny purport by shila prapad chai shila prapad nardmuni saw that the boys known as haryashwas were already purified because of living in that holy place and were practically ready for liberation why then should they be encouraged to become entangled in the family life which is so dark that once having entered it one cannot leave it through this analogy naradmuni asked them to consider why should they follow their father's order to be entangled in family life 
indirectly he asked them to find within the course of their hearts the situation of the super soul Lord Vishnu for then they would truly be experienced in other words one who is too involved in his material environment and does not look within the core of his heart is increasingly entangled in this illusory energy Narada Muni's purpose was to get the sons of Prajapati Daksha to divert their attention towards spiritual realization instead of involving themselves in the ordinary but complicated affairs of propagation. The same advice was given by Prahlad Maharaj to his father in Bhagavatam 7th Canto 5th Chapter 5th Verse. Tad sadhu manye suravarya dehinam sada samudvigna dhyam asadgrihat hitvatma patam in the dark well of family life, one who is fully, always full of anxiety because of having accepted a temporary body. If one wants to free himself from this anxiety, one should immediately leave family life and take shelter of Supreme Personality of Godhead in Vrindavana. Naradmani advised the Hariyashwas not to enter household life since they were already advanced in spiritual knowledge, why should they be entangled in that way? So, um, Canto 6, Chapter 5, um, Text 6, 7 and 8, Purport Prabhupada is very clearly explaining as we correctly understood that um, it is the 6th Canto book. Can you give me Srimad Bhagavatam? Uh, yeah, yeah, in that sixth candle, just look carefully to the translucent cover and give me. I want to read that also. Ah, so, you know, in this, it's very clear that this Narada Muni, you know, understood that these boys have reached the Paramahamsa level. Like in sixth canto, chapter 5, verse number 52, which we just saw first today, it says that if somebody is really, you know, uh, an advanced devotee, who is free from material desires, then he does not have to go for sexual intercourse. You know, Prabhupada says, see, it should be noted in Canto 6, Chapter 4, Verse 52, Purport. It says, it should be noted that such a facility for sexual intercourse is achieved by the grace of Supreme Personality of Godhead. This facility is not offered to advanced devotees who are free from material desires. So these boys are totally free from material desires, totally free from material desires, and um, they were at the level of Paramahamsas. So they didn't have to get into family life. So Narada Muni is explaining very clearly that um, is there a need, you know, through this analogy. What is the analogy? That uh, there is a kingdom where only one man lives, where there is a hole from which having entered no one emerges. A woman there who is extremely unchaste, adorns herself with various attractive dresses. And the man who lives there um, see, that is 6th um, chapter, um, you know, 6th canto, chapter 5, verse number 6, um, six to 8, right? Yeah, mm, 6 to 8. You know, uh, the commentary, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakura's commentary also says that, why should these sons, pure-hearted and qualified for liberation, take to the path of karma on the order of their father? After giving them confidential teachings, I will liberate them. Narmani thinks like that. Thus the merciful Narada spoke enigmatic metaphorical words to them. What was that? O Hari Ashwas, how will you create progeny when you have not seen the end of the earth? One should not say that this statement will be fulfilled on its own later. 
when you are ruling the planet you are foolish because you are young balakaha the word balaka says you are foolish because you are young another version says has palakaha though you are protectors of the people you are foolish how disappointing the word bata says it how disappointing the sentence continues till verse 9 how will you create not knowing about that place with one man a country and a whole is a river flowing in both directions there is an astonishing house made of 25 elements this is vishnu he is called an astonishing house because the devotees can remain within the 25 elements since they take on spiritual qualities by the mercy of the lord there is a sharp object made of razors and thunderbolts like this you know um, actually vishnu chakra takura is explaining um, so it is it is just an analogy and in this analogy he is making it clear to them um indirectly um that there is no need to get into life of entanglement you know that is very clear now what is all that you know if you uh, want to exactly know that um what they are saying uh, in the 6 to 9th verse is 10 subjects of narada's allegory you know uh, this is from i'm referring the book um, bhagavad subodhini um so in bhagavad subodhini Uh, prabhuji has um, made his notes like this it explains like this the 6th to 9th verse you know uh, it talks about 10 subjects of narada's allegory you have not seen the extremities of the earth now which which is that adrishtvantam bhuvo that is the earth means adrishtvantam bhuvo and 7th um, verse says a kingdom where only one man lives that is tataika purusham rashtram you know that is a word which says tata eka purusham rashtram that is a kingdom where only one man lives and a hole from which having entered no one emerges that is bilam chadrishta nirgamam okay and seven c an unchaste prostitute miss changing dresses bahurupam striyam so um, then um, in the seventh verse the husband of the prostitute that is indicated by the words pumamsam pumschari patim Okay. Then the eighth verse uh, says a river flowing in both directions and flowing swiftly near the banks. Nadim ubhyato vaham. And uh, the eighth verse also says house made of twenty-five elements. It is indicated by the verse pancha panchadbutam griham. Then um, eighth verse also says about a speaking swan that vibrates various sounds. Hamsam chitra katham. and it was also says about an automatically revolving object made of sharp razors and thunderbolts that is indicated by the words kshaura pavyam swayam brahmi then uh, the ninth verse is how will you procreate without knowing your um, omniscient father's actual order so these are the 10 subjects of narada's allegory so now what it actually indicates you know that is um, uh, not explained here neither in this uh, book you know uh, what is that uh, subodhini nor in vishnu chakra takura's commentary it is just told that these 10 particular subjects which we just now i just now read out to you that is one is the earth one is a kingdom see the 10 things are the earth the kingdom a whole and an just prostitute the husband of the prostitute a river flowing in both directions a house made of 25 elements a speaking swan uh, an automatically revolving object made of sharp razors then the 10th point is how will you procre- how procreate without knowing your omniscient father's actual order so 
these were the 10 um, subjects of Narada's allegory but the whole purpose of this allegory was to say that you people you don't have to you know you are pure hearted you are qualified for liberation so then why should you be entangled in family life the whole the intention and the essence is why should you be entangled in family life so um, he is uh, Narada Muni is actually uh, giving them some indirect teaching to liberate them from this family life so for that purpose he presented them an allegory with 10 subjects and the Hariyashwas with their natural intelligence understood its meaning as it is told in the 10th verse you know and decided to renounce the path of fruitive activities in the verses 11 to 20 so now what they understood is explained in the 10th verse so just we will um, read 9th and 10th verse then it will be probably uh, you know uh, kind of we can understand so I but the time is up actually up right actually, so um, uh, can we stop here and somebody else will continue it the answer comes in the 10th verse like that but again the details are not given neither in Prabhupada's purport or in uh, Subodhini um, and Vishnu Chakravarti Thakura also does not actually explain the allegory but the whole purpose of the allegory was understood by the Hariyashwas and the meaning was you give up this mission of procreation and go back to Godhead that was the meaning I'm sorry I took uh, nine more minutes if you have any questions you're most welcome thank you so much for your patience and sorry for the delay for today's class Hare Krishna If you have any questions or comments, you are welcome. Thank you so much, Mataji, for a wonderful class and uh, explaining to us. And I was trying to relate this class to our life, uh, you know, where some of us have uh, come into Krishna consciousness while uh, uh, we didn't procreate children uh, in the Krishna conscious way. But, uh, you know, Krishna and devotees in our life. Mataji, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, but I muted myself because if I keep myself on unmute, I won't be able to hear you. Your voice no, break. You know, you also gave your class, and then you know there was. Uh, uh, I mean, we, it's sad that we could not hear the part that you were, you know, mentioning. But I'm a little outside, so we have a air, uh, like an airport close by, so the planes keep going by. So I'm sorry for the disturbance in the background, but it's soon going to fly away, so then it'll be quiet. Uh, yeah, I was outside actually. So, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, I mean, we are blessed by Krishna and uh, the devotees in our life. There are our children, although, uh, you know, they were not, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, begot in a way where, uh, you know, all those uh, Garbhadhan samskar and all that was not done uh, because we were, not in, we were not Krishna conscious. And like Srila Prabhupada says, uh, you know, it's like an animalistic life. Uh, uh, just enjoying everything and then um, you know going on that track of sense enjoyment um, material enjoyment material desires so many are there one after the other fulfill one and the other one comes and the other one comes and then we just living our life on that basis as if we are never going to die ever and you know there's no in the, uh, there is no reincarnation this is the all life that's the kind of life we were leading but these purports are so wonderful where you know uh, and I'm sure that uh, like how Daksha was, was annoyed but 
Narad ji is such a, uh, you know, he's such a pure devotee that he's guiding them. And uh, similarly, when, you know, we reached a point in our life when we were, uh, you know, we were purified a little bit, then the holy name came to us uh, through the mercy of devotee. And uh, one, one uh, Prabhuji, um, I forgot his name, uh, he uh, had come to our Sunday feast class and he was saying that, uh, when Bhakti Devi comes, uh, you know, she gives us, uh, Bhakti Devi uh, gives us uh, this uh, Krishna consciousness at a certain point in our life when, you know, uh, when we are ready. So we are very fortunate to be, uh, uh, whatever we are, material duties we are doing, we are doing. Our family is Krishna conscious or not, it is okay. But we are just continuing on this path given by Srila Prabhupada and uh, reading scriptures, chanting, regulations and all that we are doing. And um, so, uh, like, just like Narad, Narad Ji is uh, guiding, this whole process of Krishna consciousness is, uh, you know, Srila Prabhupada is guiding us. So we're very, very fortunate in a situation like that. So I was just trying to correlate this to our uh, situations, you know, and how uh, the material, uh, uh, um, I don't know how, like I was just thinking that Narad Ji is doing the right thing, but we have to read furthermore to understand why uh, Daksha got annoyed and cursed him like you read in the beginning that to stay in one place. And actually I had this question, uh, why uh, Naraji moving from one place to the other and that got uh, resolved and answered because thank you so much Mataji for reading and in the end the answer was there. So all the literature actually provides all the answers. So I just had these few thoughts and comments and uh, really enjoyed your wonderful class like always. Thank you, Mataji. Hare Krishna.